Hello, and welcome to a special Halloween-themed edition of Two Scrums Up. We'll be sharing three very scary scrum and agile stories. So grab a bowl of your favorite Halloween candy, sit back, and prepare to be frightened. Sakurum had laid hidden under the desert sands for centuries, untouched by human hands. Legend had it that the tomb was home to countless riches, a fortune beyond compare, and even a magic amulet said to grant its possessor the power to achieve twice the work in half the time. Many had searched the desert for the entrance to the tomb, and many had failed, until one stormy night. Jack Gant had solved the riddles in the ancient manuscripts and pored over the maps to find that hidden doorway. He lit a torch and walked slowly forward. The maze-like tomb stretched out before him with many passageways in all directions. Tales of the booby traps laid for adventurers had reached Jack, and he knew he had to choose carefully to avoid certain doom. Mm, let me see. But he had studied well. He knew the right path from the wrong, studied the notes he had written, and strode bravely forward to the doorway with a few steps heading downward. And his courage was not in vain. Glistening at the end of the long straight corridor, he could see the glint of gold reflecting back his torchlight into his eyes. That's it! He started down the steps. The last step gave way under his boots, but he managed to keep his footing. These old tombs must be starting to fall apart. Striding carefully onward, he always kept the treasure in his sights. He didn't want to be distracted by anything else along the way. There would always be time to look back once the amulet was his. The corridor seemed to stretch on forever. A minute or two in, he had to hunch his shoulder slightly so as not to hit his head on the ceiling, but that was little issue for a renowned treasure hunter like himself. He kept going. Another fifty feet down the hallway, and he had to walk fully bent over. It must be to weed out the fearful. Only a true adventurer is not claustrophobic. Oh, I must be worthy of this treasure. Another minute went by and he was crawling on his hands and knees. But the treasure was almost in reach, just a few more feet. Jack was so eager to get to the treasure room that he accidentally dropped his torch. It guttered for a moment, but stayed lit. He reached to pick it back up and suddenly received a nasty knock to the head. He looked behind him, but saw no sign of any assailant. But then he looked up, and he saw the ceiling of the corridor even closer than before. The corridor isn't narrowing. It's shrinking. He scrambled to his feet and managed to turn around to race back towards the entrance as the ceiling continued to drop. Closer and closer it came, and faster and faster he crawled until he could only propel himself by shimmying along the floor. He was almost there. Just a few more feet and he'd be back to the freedom of the staircase. I can do it. He dove towards the stairs with the last of his strength. But it wasn't close enough.
The secrets of Sakurum died with Gant. If only he had stopped to take stock of what was going on. If only he hadn't blindly gone towards the treasure, the goal the only thing in his mind. If he had stopped to stand up, maybe he would still be alive. For now, the tomb waits for another, the sands shifting slowly over the stone. Around this time of year, in the northern part of the country, people like to tell the story of Wilmot Red. She was known to be a woman of poor temper, and perhaps partly because of that, she was determined guilty of witchcraft during the Salem trials. She ultimately was hanged for her supposed acts, and it is said that the last words that were heard by the townspeople were Wilmot's promise to be an unvarying shadow over the town forevermore. History says Wilmot's burial site is unknown, but that's only because when the executioner returned in the early morning to cut her down, her body was gone. After that night, the woods surrounding the town became a very dangerous place. Those who veered off the trodden paths began to go missing with increasing frequency. People riding through on horseback or carriage reported strange noises and their animals getting spooked, especially around the waterfalls nearby. People began to believe the Wilmot was still alive living under the falls and preying on the town for revenge. The townspeople were growing more and more terrified, until one evening when a young boy by the name of Abraham Guile went missing. He was the youngest child of the Guile family, and his older sister Agatha decided to set out into the woods to retrieve her brother. Some kinder of the town said she was an incredibly brave girl, while others maintained she was touched slightly by madness. As she took her first step into the forest, a blast of wind echoed through the cave under the distant waterfall. A voice could be heard on the draft. They are coming for you. It was right then that Wilmot shot up from her decrepit bedrolls in the cave, and a scowl consumed her haggard face. Never before had any of those vile people from the town dared to come searching for her, and she'd be damned if she was going to be defeated. She paced back and forth, back and forth, through her damp and molding chambers, scratching her long, jagged nails at her temple, until finally she paused. Then with startling speed, she nearly blinked around the room, grabbing bottles and satchels, powders and sinister-looking totems, and gathering them near her cauldron. She tossed materials into the pot, moving frantically in the firelight, until finally she produced a long bone from her ragged clothes. Slowly, she dipped it down into the bubbling liquid and began to chant. Silver scale and mermaid's tail, squid's black ink and dead man's wail. Conjure the ruin of my foes. Break the bone, see what it knows. Three times over, she repeated her spell. Then taking the bone from the inky black mixture, she raised it over her head and slammed it down on the stone floor beneath her, producing unnatural cracks and fractures to run through the length of the bone. She stood for a moment studying it, until a sickly smile spread across her face. 
The plan is known. The course is set. I'll give them a fight they won't forget. <laughs> Over many hours, Agatha had traveled through the woods and had just come upon the waterfall in the clearing when she heard a whistling come from beneath the falls. She waits alone, her plan in stone, adapt to shake her putrid throne. Unsure of what voice was guiding her, she decided to heed the warning and proceed with an open mind ready for anything, and willing to adapt to the best course as obstacles presented themselves. Through the waterfall and into the darkness she proceeded. Agatha traversed the damp and blackness of the cave, finally coming to a widened chamber lit by firelight. The smell of rot and mold nearly overwhelmed her, and she tied a handkerchief around her face to lessen the smell. It was just as she looked up that she saw a shifting begin in a pile of rags across the stone floor and heard echoing all around her. Come to disturb me? I'll crush you all! <laughs> as Wilmot rose to form in front of her, the room began to quake and a large boulder started to loosen from the cave ceiling above Agatha. Had any more of the townsfolk joined her, the tunnel would have been too narrow to escape, but thinking quickly, she darted ahead of the boulder's path as it crashed down behind her. Wilmot released a startling shriek as the young girl darted out unharmed. She was sure that a group would be coming for her. Her attack should have decimated them all. No matter, girl. Your fear will consume you here. At that moment, Wilmot used her dark magic to conjure sickening images. Slithering vipers, pulsating masses of worms and spiders, ghostly faces leaping up from the flames of the firelight, enough to drive any sane man crazy with fear. To this, however, Agatha only gave a passing glance as she advanced on Wilmot, the frightful images doing nothing to affect her. Nearly to her now, Wilmot sputtered out, I don't understand. My plan was right. No sane man should have survived this fright. But Agatha only proceeded towards the witch, a slight grin on her face, a slender knife raised in her hand. With a spark of her fingertips, Wilmot made a final attempt on the intruder. The knife in Agatha's hand blinked from existence in a puff of bluish smoke. Surely she could not overcome this setback, and Wilmot would defeat her swiftly. However, remembering the voice at the opening of the cave, Agatha was renewed and ready to adapt to a new plan on the fly. It was then that she swooped down to the stone floor. Grabbing the fractured bone from Wilmot's own spell, she drove upward, thrusting the sharp osteo fragment deep into the witch's heart. A maddening whirl of wind, sparks, and screaming rushed around the cavern as Wilmot's form began to bubble into a pile of inky black ichor. Left with nothing but rags at her feet, Agatha knew the fight was over. Suddenly, wind came whistling through the tunnels behind her. And as she turned, she saw them. Men, women, and children stumbling from the darkness of the caves, and among them, her brother Abraham. Not all had been spared, of course, but the feeling in the cave became light and the good people knew they had been saved. The group traveled together, slowly and carefully, out of the cave and back through the waterfall. But before making their journey back to town, they left a message scratched in stone at the waterfall's opening. It read, Here lay the Witch of the Waterfall. Defeated by A. Guile.
Are You Blocked? by John Ragazine. Our story begins in the dark. Weak light from bare bulbs cast jagged shadows on the brick and mortar walls. A figure is busily at work, contentedly whistling a tune as they go. Ugh, God, my head, where am I? Meet Walter Fall, project manager at Synergistically LLC, a boutique web agency specializing in media sites. As Walter's vision clears, he sees he is in a small, cramped brick recess. A shadowy figure looms above him working. Oh, hi, Walter. What did you do today? Angelina? Is that you? <laughs> sure is. Angelina trills, taking a moment from her work to flash Walter a winning smile. As Walter stumbles to his feet, his brain starts to recollect how he got here. Congrats on the launch, Walter. Stacy said with a clap on Walter's back. How did you manage to hit this deadline? The whole agency was out celebrating their latest project launch, a project Walter managed, and managed damn well in his opinion. Gulping down more of his seven and seven, Walter replied, I made sure to lean into them hard, Stacy. I was on the team like white on rice. I didn't bother waiting for a daily stand-up to ask them if they're blocked. I asked for their blockers wherever and whenever I felt the urge. And I always feel the urge, Stacy. You know? Stacy's face said, ew. While her voice said, <laughs> Yeah, so... The pair stood in silence before Stacy excused herself, offering over her shoulder. I don't get how the team stayed on track, frankly. Anyway, later. Walter chuckled to himself. People were always so worried about the rules of Scrum. He knew how to keep his team moving 24-7 by never letting up on surfacing blockers. Hell, by the end of the project, the team didn't even have any blockers to report, quickly waving Walter away. Obviously, Walter was so on top of things that the team wrapped up the last few sprints of the project completely impediment-free. Walter stepped outside for a breath of fresh air. He'd been working at Synergistically for a year now, and had really whipped his team into shape. This latest project launch just proved what a kick-ass SM he was, regardless of what his old team would say. This company change really paid off. Hey Walter, want to know a secret? Walter hadn't noticed Angelina standing off to the side of the patio. A software dev on his team, Angelina had spent most of the project complaining about context switching and her flow being broken. Walter knew without a doubt that without his tenacity, 
the team would never have made the deadline set at the start of the project. Oh, hey, Angelina, Walter said. I love secrets. Angelina moved closer to Walter, putting an arm around him. This building has a secret lounge under the bar's storage basement. It's an old speakeasy that has been revamped into an unmarked whiskey bar. Want to come check it out? Walter would never have expected Angelina to warm up to him, but maybe post-launch euphoria was melting her icy demeanor. Absolutely. did you hear about this place? Asked Walter. The pair were making their way down a narrow stone staircase, accessible from a grimy door hidden behind the dumpsters. Walter in front, their way was lit by the occasional bare light bulb. Angelina snickered. <laughs> I used to work in this building back before I learned to code. Oh. Ew, what did you do back then? I worked for the building super. Small repairs, aesthetic improvements, even a little light carpentry. Walter could barely change a light bulb. So like a handyman of sorts, sorta? Yes, something like that. Angelina said flatly. Walter and Angelina reached the bottom of the stairs. The ceiling was low, but the room broad with arched brick stalls staggered evenly on either side. It was hard to make out, but Walter was pretty sure he saw some double doors at the far end. He began making his way towards the spot when the world went black. Walter now recognized the room as the very same entryway to the supposed private speakeasy. But instead of knocking back a few with Angelina, he appears to be chained to a wall in this grimy alcove. Angelina, what are you doing? Angelina didn't seem to take much notice of Walter's question, instead asking, Walter, what did you do yesterday? You know damn well what I did. Delivered a huge project on time. Angelina snorted. Yeah, right. You almost sabotaged the project with your incessant interruptions. Another brick fell into place. The wall was already blocking half the entrance to the small nook. Walter struggled against his bonds, grunting uh, effort. Get me out of here! Oh gosh, Walter, are you... Angelina grinned at the brick in her hand before adding it to her makeshift wall. Blocked? Walter froze, eyes agape. <laughs> sure, he may have checked in with the team often, but isn't that what a good PM does? Surely this isn't because of... Angelina, what are you doing? Is this a prank? If it is, it's, it's not funny. Angelina ignored Walter again. She spread mortar on another brick, asking Walter as she laid it in place. Any blockers? Walter yelled... Help! Hoping his cries would reach Help! outside the dank, deep cellar. Help! She's crazy! Angelina knew no one would hear him. Not now. Not ever again. As he screamed himself hoarse, with steady repetition, another brick would fall into place on the wall, accompanied by a sinister, 
Do you have any blockers? In short order, Angelina's wall was done. Somebody she could me. barely hear She's Walter's pleas for help from behind the edifice. She began to whistle again as she left the room, using her trowel to break every light bulb on the way out. Thank you so much for listening to this special Halloween-themed episode of Two Scrums Up. I want to give a special thanks to John Ragazine, Kelsey Lakotis, Daniel Gale Rosen, Taylor Fargo-Strawn, Val Cuco, Paige Campbell, and Ben Bolton for their awesome writing skills and voice acting. And thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And from all of us here at Two Scrums Up, we wish you a very happy and safe Halloween. No, sorry, let me try that. Yes, something like that. Okay, any blockers? Any blockers? Any blockers? I'm channeling like when I'm really angry at somebody. Just... <laughs> I can't have, I can't look at myself when I'm saying it. Any blockers? Any blockers? So evil. He deserved it. Sweet. Yeah, that was fun. It went by super quick. I, I enjoyed that. Thank you for leading me through it. I'm just going to hit... So I hit the stop.